All right, welcome to another episode of Gin and Truth. I'm the captain of this ship, Robert motherfucking Reed. I got a tumbler full of Hendrix, got a mind full of thoughts. Let's go. Now, gang, I said this a little while ago. I'm going to repeat myself. I learned the hard way that the law is not necessarily about who's right or who's wrong. The law is about whose team can manipulate that story the best to their advantage. Now, I remember, what are we, a year and a half, two years ago, there was a vicious dog attack in my front yard. It was a pit bull versus a Labrador retriever. You'll never guess what happened. Long story short, when I get outside, because I hear this crazy noise, I thought I was going nuts again. I go outside and a pit bull is busy trying to rip the throat out of a fucking Labrador retriever right there in front of me. Now, If that wasn't bad enough, the lab's owner was a little girl. I, If I had to guess, 12, 13-year-old little girl. I'm talking braces and everything. Now, if you spend some time out in the country, you got some country-ass folks like I got, you know, right? Because it's kind of an old saying. Once your dog gets the taste of blood in your, in its mouth, you don't have a dog anymore, right? You got yourself a motherfucking wolf. I went out there because I, I mean, it, it even still hurts to talk about. I knew what that dog was going to do next, and it involved a little girl. So I took an iron pole, and I choked that goddamn dog. And to this day, the sound, it, it, it bothers me. It absolutely, I would say it keeps me up nights, but I'm a fucking insomniac. But I did what I had to do because it was the right thing to do. That pit bull was not going to go after that little girl. And that story sucks so bad, I'm going to hit it with a little bit of this Hendrix. Hold on. Mmm. Delicious. Gin and truth. Let's go. So I had to take part in my very first deposition. Now, both of those attorneys did their job. The lawyer for the pit bull was very cold, very direct, very professional, very professional. But it was obvious that she was not there to be my friend that day. And I get it. She's got a job to do. Then... The lawyer for the lab shows up. Now, keep in mind, this is all over Zoom. We're still COVIDing this shit. And y'all, if I am lying, I am dying. That lady flirted with me so much. To this day, if she knocked on my door and fucked the skin off my dick, it wouldn't shock me. I, I, I came in from yard work. I was wearing one of my gym shirts, so I was a little bit fitted. And this lady proceeded. (laughs) Oh, you're so, look at your shoulders. You're so, you're so strong. Do do you work out? 
Why? <laughs> why? Why? Yes, I do. <laughs> well, I mean, do you lift weights? I, well, good eye. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I do lift some weights. I actually would work out like six days a week. Six days. I mean, look how big your arms are. I mean, how much do you bench press? Well, <laughs> there, little lady, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't really max out anymore. I'm not in high school, but if I had to guess, 435. Oh, you're so strong and oh my. And then she starts talking about information that I, I've never, that was my first time talking to this lady. She did homework. She knew who I was, right? And it was like, well, I, I, what what is Kaju, Kaju? Oh, well, that's Kaji Kimbo there, little kitten. What 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 is that? Well, it's actually... America's first born martial arts system. It, it's actually a very brutal form of self-defense. One of our many nicknames is actually the art of street fighting. Wow. How long have you been doing that? <clears throat> you know, about 24 years <laughs> consistently. Wow. What, what, what is a C, C, G, oh, C, oh, that, that's C gun. That, that's my title. That, that means I'm a seventh degree black belt. <gasps> seventh degree black belt. I bet you're really skilled with your hands. Why, yes. Yes, I am very skilled with my hands. <gasps> and and, and you, you played in the national foot, the NFL. I mean, I, I didn't play long, but, you know, I signed a contract. It didn't suck. So you're like really athletic. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, not, it's a, not a very sentimental business. You don't get picked because, you know, you got a nice smile or no, you, it means I can play some football. My stupid ass thought she was coming over to fucking give me the world's greatest blowjob. Wrong, mister. My stupid ass. I got my ego tied up in that bullshit. What she was trying to do was establish that if this big, strong, fucking black dude couldn't control that dog, then the dog couldn't be controlled. She was manipulating that story to work for her client. The law is not necessarily about who's right or who's wrong. It's about whose legal team can manipulate the truth the best. Now, if you follow me on Twitter... You know I'm a little bit pissed off about this whole fuck-face Derek Chauvin bullshit. Now, again, I, 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 don't, I, I don't have a law degree. I don't even have a desire, never had a desire to go to law school. Big words like habeas court. I don't even know what the fuck that shit means. But here's the thing. You don't have to be a lawyer to know that that fucking video that they showed us was murder. Murder. Now, I'm openly admitting this is not about murder. This is going to come down to whose team can manipulate that story the best. But I, so I'm not here to discuss the legal eagle terms and habeas corpus and private, all this other bullshit. That was murder. Now, I watched the first day. 
I haven't been able to turn it on since. But eight minutes and 47 seconds, gang, it was more like 11 minutes. There was stuff that we didn't see. I saw it, and I wish I had it. That was straight-up murder. He put his knee on the man's neck, and he had the look on his face, the emotional wherewithal, as if he had stepped on a roach. Hands in his pockets. He didn't smirk. He didn't smile. He didn't wiggle his nose. He just sat there. While a man screamed out in his last words, he was calling out to his mother. Little known fact, his mother's dead. That man knew he was going to die. And fuck face Derek Chauvin didn't do a goddamn thing. That was murder. And I repeat, I, I don't know the legal definition. If I, if I was arguing this in court, they would have thrown my monkey ass out for professional misconduct, I'm sure. You're right. I don't know all the terms. I don't know all the definitions. But I know when your knee is on a man's neck and he you keep it there until he stops breathing, you murdered that man. You did. And look how it was set up. In 72 hours, we knew more about George Floyd than what we knew about the man who killed him, didn't we? How many times have we heard the word fentanyl? How many times do we have to talk about a fucking fake $20 bill? How many times do we have to hear that he had a criminal past? Not present, past. We know more about the man that was murdered than we know about the man who killed him. You got to do research to find anything out on Derek Chauvin, who was not a model cop. He had over a dozen professional misconduct charges filed against him. You got to dig for that shit. But they keep telling you that George Floyd was basically this crazy-ass beast that needed to be subdued. Now, this is when some assholes are going to sit here and say what, you know, one of the normal comebacks, well, Robert, you know, white people are victims of police brutality too. Then I have to ask you there, asswipe, why aren't you upset? If your only comeback is they kill people who look like me too, why aren't you upset? Now, this is still, I still say it. I know some of y'all disagree with me. I need some of this Hendrix. Hold on. Mm, delicious. Gin and truth. Let's go. Hey, how do I get Hendrix to sponsor this shit? Note to self, look into that. I still don't think that all cops are bad. I don't. I know that's a very common thing to think. I know that's a very common thing to say, but I don't believe that. My father's a former military police officer. And until you can show me otherwise, my dad wasn't a crooked cop. And no, I don't believe my dad was the exception. I don't. But the thing is, the more power your job has, Papa's trying to chase a fly, the more responsibility gets put on your shoulders. When you carry a fucking gun to work, you have to be more careful than the janitor. When the janitor fucks up, 
The toilets aren't clean. There's smudges on the mirror. The waste bucket buckets haven't been empty. Your office building looks like shit. When a cop fucks up, someone goes to the funeral home. The bad cops are evil. That's why they have to be punished more severely, in my opinion. And let me just put this one to bed. Yeah, you're right. Numbers-wise, white people, yeah, more of y'all die per year than us. Percentage-wise, we got your asses beat. It does happen to us more. And it has happened to us more since the fucking beginning because that was the original uh, intent behind the creation of a police force. If I slap the taste out of somebody's mouth, as soon as it stops to sting, the effects haven't stopped. There's a ripple effect. When the foundation of your company was sitting on some bullshit, there's going to be a ripple effect. Some people joined the police force because the family tradition. Hey, my mom was a cop. My dad was a cop. My grandfather's a cop. My uncle's a cop. I'm a cop. Some people do it. They honestly feel like it's their civic duty. They really want to do good. Then some people join because they need a legalized mean to kill other human beings. That to me is fuck-faced Derek Chauvin. That was a asshole. I can't prove that he's racist. Let me throw that in there anyway. Fuck it. Here's a racist asshole who had a desire to hurt people. So we found a job that let him do it. He needs to be punished more severely. Now, here's the thing, gang. This isn't just George Floyd. This isn't just Sandra Bland. This isn't just Breonna Taylor. This isn't just Philando Castile. This this has been going on since fucking America opened its doors for business, but let's rewind to 1955. Emmett motherfucking Till. Let's take a sip of this gin for my main man, Emmett motherfucking Till. Rest in power, little brother. Hold on. Delicious. I'm going to get fucked up before the end of this episode. I can promise you that. Gin and truth. Let's go. Now, again, for all you fuckers who have a law degree and Love to watch Matlock or whatever. Maybe you can tell me. Because I honestly don't know. Is flirting with a white woman, is winking at her a capital crime? If it is, I should have been shot dead long time ago. Shit. (laughs) But uh, that's what he was accused of. Accused of! Flirting with a white woman. They beat that boy unrecognizable and threw his body in a lake. His mother, despite being advised otherwise, chose to have an open casket. If you haven't seen that picture, first and foremost, make sure you wear a cup. Secondly, do it now. She did that shit for a reason. She wanted to get that fucking point across. It brought that woman no pleasure to bury her son and to see his mangled, mutilated, unrecognized body 
in that coffin, but she kept that lid open so people can see what the fuck is going on. For flirting with a white woman, accused of. Now that's steak and pig. You know what she did? Years after, I'm talking, what, in the 1900s? In the late night, in fucking recently. She said he actually didn't do it. They looked for a reason to kill a black person and they found it. They made her say it. All because he was accused of flirting with a white woman. Now y'all want to sit here, some of y'all, and, and when we're told to get over it, it's in the past, a blase in the glavenoids. First and foremost, fuck you. Go take a long walk off of a short pier. Emmett Till in 1955 was accused of flirting with a white woman. George Floyd was accused of trying to pass a fake $20 bill. Both of those brothers are in the ground right now as we speak. So please, please continue to tell me to get over it. Now I acknowledge, and I will continue to acknowledge, America has made strides. Right? My favorite example is I made all American out of college that told my dad no niggers allowed. We are different than from 1955. Rest in power, Emmett fucking Till. We are making baby steps. But here's the thing, gang. When the victims look just like you, you're not satisfied with fucking baby steps. You want long motherfucking strides. I don't have time to waste. I don't have time to kill. I could be next. The, the people who sit here and tell you to calm down, they're the ones with nothing to worry about. You're not too terribly worried if your water, you know, during fucking goes out for a couple of hours. It's no big deal to you. It'll get turned right back on. But when your house is burning, you need that water right fucking now. You got to put out that fire. And so when you tell the black people in your lives, well, it's not that bad. Well, you know, it's just one more black person. Motherfucker, we're afraid because we could be next. This country has proven it will execute black people without looking. And every time you get to hear, well, Robert, don't worry, you're one of the good ones, which I have been told that before. Every single last one of those victims, including George Floyd, I promise you were told, don't worry, you're one of the good ones. And they're absolutely right, right until your monkey ass is the next headline story. Gang, this doesn't start and stop at George Floyd. This family, family, this country has a long history of doing shit like this. And again, we, we continue to hear about what was flowing through George Floyd's system. But you got to do homework to find out what was going on with fuckface Derek Chauvin. And that's what you do. That's what this country does. And again, I'm still not going to throw shade at all cops. But I am going to tell you, the ones that fuck up, 
they need to be buried under the prison they go to. You have a responsibility. Nothing is worth it's one thing when someone a total stranger comes up and kicks you in your face. You can justify that. That makes sense to you. But the people who are supposed to care for you the most should not hurt you the most. That's why when cops hurt you, it's something totally different. When a priest hurts you, it's something totally different. When the school teacher hurts you, it's something totally fucking different. You should be able to go to up to any cop at any time, say I'm afraid, and that cop protects you. Did you see the George Floyd tape? It was hard to watch. And I'm talking before the murder. That cop went up to him. I need to calm down a little bit of this, Hendrix. So I'm going to get fucked up before the end of this episode, Jack. Hold on. Mm, This time, not delicious. Necessary. Gin and truth. Let's go. When he opened the door, and again, I am not a policing expert. I saw his hands. George Floyd's. The cop was pointing a gun at his face. And for all you assholes who sit there and say, well, just do what the cop tells you to do. Have you ever had a firearm pointed at your face? Do you know what it's like to respond to simple commands or try to uh, uh, respond to simple commands when your resting heart rate is 170 beats a minute? Your adrenaline is spiking like a motherfucker. You're one heartbeat away from turning into the Incredible Hulk. You respond differently when you are afraid versus when you are calm. Trust me, I know. I have fought. I was about to say fought. I fight. That that technique you worked on against a heavy bag, it's not the same when someone has just punched you in the fucking liver. Right? Football analogy, you're you're taught to exaggerate all your movements in practice. I don't know if it's a technique they still use. The game has changed so much. But what you want to do? I'll get my knee, Shenny. As I sit here and wave my metaphorical cane. Linebackers were taught a technique called the forearm shiver. You would wind that son of a bitch back to fucking south of Texas and come up and motherfucking throw that thing and try and knock someone's helmet off. And you're taught to exaggerate it in practice because when it's game time, it speeds up. You exaggerate it in practice so you can shorten it during the game. Adrenaline makes everything different. And so for all you assholes who like to use that, well, if you just do it with the cup, let someone start yelling in an authoritative voice at you. Then have that someone point a loaded gun eight inches from your face. If if I asked you right now to recite the alphabet, uh, what, Robert, what do you think? I'm, a, B, C, D, E, F. Let me start yelling at you. I've got quite the voice. <laughs> I, I do. It's one of the few things I'll say. If I want to raise my voice and if I want to go into intimidation mode, trust me, you're going to be intimidated. Let me raise my voice. Let me switch to that guy. 
you're going to start to choke on those ABCs. Now, let me get in a fighter stance. Let me put that look on my face. Let me cock my moneymaker, my left hand. Now, say those fucking ABCs, and you better not get it wrong. You will forget exactly what comes after A. When your adrenaline is spiking like that, you won't be able to respond. I don't care who you think you are. The average person is not trained for that kind of stress. Why do you think military boot camp is so hard? They are training those young men and women for war. That's why they get pushed that way. They're not sitting behind a desk. They're carrying fucking guns the size of a seventh grader. You have to train for that stress. And that's exactly how they approach George Floyd. Over a $20 bill. You don't go in there with cop authoritative voice and your gun drawn and expect someone to be, oh, what would you like me to do now, Mr. Officer? George Floyd was crying. That was a grown-ass man, a big man, crying. I don't give a fuck if he was on fentanyl. Again, come on, come on to my house if you think I'm bullshitting. Let me stress you the fuck out and say your ABCs. You won't get past A. So you've got a man, he was begging him not to kill him. He was begging him not to kill him. He never once lowered his gun. This was over a fake $20 bill, gang. Fuckface Dylan Roof was arrested humanely. And if you don't know who that little asshole was, he's the one who goes into a black church, kills nine people. He was arrested without a mark on him. What's the common comeback? Well, Robert, he gave up peacefully. There is no such thing as a peaceful moment after you took nine lives. I've said it once. I'll say it again. The room you walk in when a couple stops fighting one second after you walk in or one second before is the most uncomfortable place on the planet always. Here comes the cough. <clears throat> This little fucker killed nine people and he was arrested peacefully because he gave himself up and followed orders. What? Come on, man. For that little nugget of fucking stupidity, we're going to a little bit of this Hendrix. Hold on. Mm. Gin and truth. Let's go. They came guns a blazing over a fake $20 bill. And as a result, a man is dead. And as a result, Papa wants to go out. My voice is going to get a little bit further away like I'm talking from a tunnel. But I am first and foremost a doggy dad, not a podcaster. Okay, Papa's out. Let's keep doing this. Let's go. Like I said, if... You saw that tape and you saw anything other than murder. I said it then. I'm going to say it right now at the 27 minute mark. Please stop following me. I, I do not want monsters like that in my life in any way, shape or form. You fucking disgust me. Everything about that situation could have been avoided. 
That that is the equivalent of shoplifting a honey bun. And the cops coming in, a SWAT team coming in. Put the honey bun down, you motherfucker. No, you say, hey, put that fucking honey bun back where you found it. Is someone really going to lose their life over a dollar twenty-five worth of processed sugar on fried dough? The cops got the call because they thought someone was using a fake twenty-dollar bill, and as a result, someone is dead. That was stone cold murder. Now we're pressing up against the clock. And like I said, I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit. I'm getting a little bit better at this podcasting. So as usual, it's halftime. I'm going to stop the recording. I'm going to drain the weasel. My The ice is melting. It's, it's getting hot here in fucking Texas already. Jesus Christ, it's going to be brutal. I'm going to freshen up this hindrance because something tells me I'm going to need a lot of it. Gang, I'll be right back. Gin and truth. Let's go.